This is Women's Tech Radio, Episode 8. A show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their roles and how they are successful in technology careers. And Paige, I would like to talk about today what your favorite apps are. Oh man, there's so many. Um, Definitely one of my favorite right now is this app called Budify, which is kind of a meditation app where you can... Um, learn how to meditate through their basic program, but you can also go through this awesome visual interface to select like, hey, I'd like to meditate right now, um, and I'm taking a break from work. And they've got specific guided meditation for that. It like, tracks all your stats. And it's pretty neat. I've been trying to add meditation as a habit for a couple of years now, and without the app, it was not happening. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been working on mindfulness lately, so I am totally going to check out this app. Oh, man. For mindfulness, I have an amazing app. Um, I love the five-minute journal, which was originally a book format, so you would grab it and write in your stuff. But um, Whoa, writing? I know. I don't really do that anymore. <laughs> so they have an app, and it reminds me every morning and every evening to like say what I'm thankful for and what would make today a great day and kind of like do a little daily affirmation, and you can include a photo um and just kind of keeps you in that like gratitude mindfulness space i love that it's positive oriented too oh yeah because it's so easy to complain and default to the negative so forcing yourself to think of the positive things in the day is super handy well my favorite apps include fitbit (laughs) because i have a charge and I track my steps to try to make sure that I'm getting the amount of exercise that I need, as well as uh, it tracks my sleep and other things. And I just, I love seeing stats like that data about me. And it helps me, like if I go home and I've only got 3,000 steps, I'll get on the treadmill. Nice. You yeah. know, in the winter. Obviously, I walk outside during the better weather. Mm-hmm. I'm a total data junkie. I love that self. A quantified self is really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I, the other app that I really use a lot is Instagram. And uh, I have two different Instagrams that I manage. I manage my own personal one, which is at MomVault. And then I also uh, operate the Jupiter Broadcasting Instagram, which is just Jupiter Broadcasting. So today we're going to be interviewing Annie Rugent, who is an illustrator, actually. Um, She works at a highly technical company called RethinkDB, which is an open source database solution. And before we get into that interview, I'd like to talk about DigitalOcean. You can use the code WTRDecember and go to DigitalOcean to get a $5 per month droplet. It is a full-blown server with 512 megabytes of RAM, 20 gigabytes SSD, one CPU, and one terabyte of transfer just for $5 a month. You can get that running in under a minute. DigitalOcean is a simple cloud hosting solution provider dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way to spin up a cloud server. They also have data data center locations in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, and London. So pretty much no matter where you are, you can find a local data center. The interface has a simple intuitive control panel, which power users can replicate on a larger scale with the company's straightforward API. Awesome. And if you'd like to get a $10 credit, also help support the show, you can use the code WTRDecember at checkout. We started the interview today by asking Annie what it's like to work as an illustrator in a technical field. Well, I started in um, animation and illustration university and I was kind of going to school to maybe work at someplace like Disney or Pixar. Um, I did a lot of other things after school and then eventually found myself applying to this job at uh, RethinkDB, which is a database open source company in Mountain View. And um, it was a completely crazy experience because I had no idea what a database company was. (laughs) But now I've fallen in love with the tech industry and all the wonderful startups out there. And I'm, I'm learning a lot and I'm, I'm finding a really cool place for my art within it. Yeah, that seems like a really neat, unusual position. I, 
to have a, a company kind of hire an illustrator on purpose? Yes, I don't really know of a lot of other companies that, that have a position like mine. Um, I know art is used a lot uh, for like web design and possibly some graphics for apparel and production stuff. But um, the guys at RethinkDB really valued having art in um, kind of to help with the community and to bring something different to their company. And they definitely, they definitely got that when they hired me. <laughs> So what is one of the weirdest things that you've been asked to illustrate? Whenever they ask me to do something kind of on my own, I usually, I have a weird side. So <laughs> some of the weirdest stuff is what usually comes from my own head. But some of the most memorable was we did this, this post for Redis because on, on Twitter, we wanted to kind of say, hey, we love you, Redis. And I did a drawing of Salvatore with his little baby. I think he had a, a one-year-old at the time. And I said, happy birthday, Redis. And it showed him holding um, his little icon instead of his baby. And um, it went really well. The Twitter community loved it. And it was kind of like that aha moment of like, wow, I can use art to talk to people, to say something and celebrate something. So I'll never forget that. Do you find that like a lot of your work is taking these really abstract technical concepts and kind of I, I see looking at your art I see you like wrapping humanness around them oh well thank you um yes uh, especially with especially with these concepts that I don't quite understand yet like I had to kind of learn what it meant to shard and replicate and I had to interpret that visually that was actually our first t-shirt that I designed it has all of these swirling objects um, photos buttons different icons, music, um, going into this like celestial galaxy type thing. It's a crazy, um, unique kind of difficult process having to visualize something that I don't quite understand, but it also helps me understand it that much more. I really, I really love it. Learning these concepts that you don't really have a good basis for, like, do you find that you have to struggle to talk to technical people about it, like the right brain, left brain problem, or is like kind of a organic and like you're working well with developers or like how, what does that process look like? From what I've learned, because it's kind of, it's, it's been a learning process. At first it was difficult. I felt completely on the outside. I didn't know how to talk to my other team members. I didn't know what the product really did. I couldn't explain where I worked to my family. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's a database company, you know? Like, well, what does that do? Well, <laughs> but eventually I started learning more about the company. I, I understood kind of what they were building. I started um, going on Code Academy and just kind of learning some basic HTML, JavaScript, things like that, familiarizing myself with terms. And then I realized that I didn't need to know everything. What I needed to do was add well, it, it comes down to we're all people, we all have emotions, we all like creating something together. So once I focused on that aspect, I kind of felt the pressure lift a little bit. I was like, okay, I actually, I deserve to be here. I, I can live here. <laughs> I have something to do. That's really interesting. So we talk a lot as developers, like I talk a lot and with other women developers, especially about imposter syndrome. And so that's really interesting to hear that as an artist in the tech space, you kind of have the same idea. Like I, you, you need to come to grips with the fact that you deserve to be there. Like that's still a process for you. Oh yeah, definitely. You gave a talk a bit about branding and stuff. And do you find that um, your your work branding at RethinkDB has, has really helped? I mean, I think it's a really interesting product and company, but 
I hadn't really had a lot of exposure to it until we started talking about doing an interview. It has helped. It's actually helped a lot. Well, before they didn't really have a lot of images. And um, like if you if you did check out my talk about art and open source and branding and things like that, images, uh, regardless of what they are, are going to help anyway. But um, I was able to use my love of characters and character design and create a little mascot for us. And he's been really, really helpful because he tells a story and uh, people connect with him kind of on a different level than they would maybe just um, like a, a graphic of some sort because he has a personality. So I've gotten a lot of great feedback um, on Twitter and so far I think it's going really well. It's helping a lot. Do you think it's something that, like, if you had a choice, would you encourage other open source other open source companies or projects? This is something they should consider, like, you know, humanizing their idea or putting wrapping art around it, or definitely, definitely for for a lot of reasons because it's going to help them. It's going to help people remember them because once you see something, it's it's like seeing that face. It's like a face to a name. But also, there's so many artists out there. Like, I have tons of of artist friends from college who would love to use their abilities in some way like that, like helping build something. And um, it would really bring a lot to the lives of those artists too. It's kind of like the next generation of social media, it seems. Yeah. I mean, it started with, you know, logos that have a personal touch to it, but yeah, actually having somebody on staff full time to work on, you know, the story of the company, that that's brilliant. Do you think that this is a movement that could happen from the artist side? I feel like, especially myself as like a super left brain person, it's not even something I would have thought of. Yes, I think it's actually happening on the artist side. Um, I've been listening to a lot of other artists on on Twitter. I love Twitter, <laughs> yeah. by the way, because it's just a great it's a great conversation. I think in in the industry that you're involved in, people are starting to ask, like, what if we didn't have to worry about getting paid? What would we do then? And the answer is you would start working with people on projects that you want to work on <laughs> and people you want to work with. And there's an open source is a great avenue for that because developers are artists, I think. They're creative minds making their ideas into something physical, really, because technology usually manifests itself physically in some way, like, you know. Um, and it's, it's like they, they go together so well and I never realized it. So I've been trying to figure out actually now how I can start bringing some other artists together and showing them like, hey, let's let's start working with these people and like starting the conversation. You know, I was lucky I came across this ad <laughs> for a job posting. I totally agree. I think everybody could benefit from that sort of interaction more between arts. Because, yeah, I, I do think like for me, programming is a creative outlet. It's not mm -hmm. it's not just a math. It's making something out of nothing it's and, awesome and having something to share yeah yeah totally yeah. but the key is then finding great jobs out there in the tech industry that pay really well and it's finding either bringing artists into that space or finding a way for artists to provide art to those projects um and have them still be fulfilled financially in some way, you know, on their own or, right. I don't know. Starving it's a, yeah. artist syndrome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I, I hate to even say that because it's like, I, I want people to break free of that. Sure. But, 
it's it's hard so that's a problem i'm trying to solve (laughs) i think even as much as there are awesome paid developer roles there's definitely plenty of people who are out there just just trying to get started and doing work for free and it's it's the same sort of struggle like just breaking through do you do you think that rethink has like any numbers on like almost analytics on like before they had you on board and after like by their exposure their engagement any of that sort of stuff well, she's still employed. Well, the numbers, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, the numbers are higher for a couple reasons, though, because uh, when when I came on, they didn't have a lot of promotional materials. So now that I've made a lot of promotional materials, we get a lot more feedback um, because people are having physical things to take home with them and and enjoy, like T-shirts, notebooks, yeah. water bottles. But also the user engagement on um, Twitter, Facebook, all the social media. Mm-hmm is a lot higher when we add an image. Yeah, I bet. Significantly higher, yeah, when we add an image. Do you manage that or do you just hand over the image and then somebody else takes over the socialing? Uh, We have an awesome community manager, Christina Keelan, and she handles all of that. And she really um, does all the copy and she has a great great voice to go with all the images. So you mentioned that you used Code Academy, Mm -hmm. right? Are there any other resources that you have found invaluable? I'm working with a a web designer right now because we're we're working on some web design stuff together and she's been she's also a developer so she's been explaining things and yeah that one-on-one especially for me because I, I I can't learn things as well through just text through reading sure that's probably why I'm not I wouldn't be a great developer is because all the documentation would be really hard for me but once I can get past a certain threshold I think I'll be fine so one-on-one so like just reaching out to your colleagues and you know, yeah taking the time to sit with them and stuff yeah, or maybe like maybe there's a class in my future. So, what is like the hardest part of working in the tech industry, like as a non-technical person, or the hardest part working as a woman in the tech industry? Like, where's your struggle, your pain points now? Well, I I was the first woman hired at RethinkDB, and I I have to say their team is so awesome that I instantly felt welcomed. I had no problem there, but I do know that the demographic is mostly male. And for me, I think I'm a little outside of it just because I'm, I'm doing the art. Um, Do you so find that it influences competing. your art? Like because you have a mostly male audience? Yes. Oh, definitely. Yes, it has to. I, like I have to speak to my demographic, which is mostly male. Mm-hmm. And that has been a little difficult at times because I like to draw flowers sometimes and dresses <laughs> and, and sparkles uh, and hearts. But we've kept in some of the hearts. <laughs> they matter. <laughs> I think also the other pain point is just it's kind of hard because people are so knowledgeable it's a very skill-based industry and um, it's kind of hard to get down or sometimes I get down on myself and say I don't know enough I should know more and uh, that's just always tough running my women who code network it's one of the things that I've been really thinking about is kind of putting together like almost like a flashcard set to be like hey here are the basic things you should know like right. you should know what a server means and you should know maybe what agile means and that's kind of cool yeah you, you know, know that is that would be so helpful because sometimes it's it's like when, sometimes I just don't know the language I don't know the terms yeah but I'm sure used. you've learned a lot because when I yeah. got thrown into <laughs> IT stuff I just I had to learn so much so fast and any you're definitely on the like the deep end of things like database stuff is some of the most complicated stuff that we build. Yes. 
Oh, that's really neat. Yeah, I talk when I, I teach an intro to JavaScript course. And like, when I mean intro, I mean like intro. The biggest thing that I try to hammer home is like, I don't care if you ever write JavaScript again, but I want you to understand what a variable is. And I want you to like, I want you to understand these basic building blocks so that then you can ask the right questions. Cause that's probably like the most difficult part about learning technologies that the vocabulary is so vast. Yeah, that sounds amazing because that, that honestly has been um, a, definitely a pain point is just like, where do you start? You need to start at those basics. Yep. You need to know what a, yeah, what, what does the server do? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you start looking at, at code and you're like, oh, I kind of know how to, you know, do this, but then you still don't even know what the server does. Right. Or at least that's, that's what I did. And this is the dirty secret in the tech industry. Cause there's like that 1% of, of people who like do really know everything soup to nuts, but they're mm -hmm. like neck beards or just have been in the tech industry forever or are geniuses who are at MIT. But the vast majority of us are like, we know how to ask the right questions. Like if you're like, Hey, how does this HTTP stack work? And I'm like, I don't quite know, but I can find out for you. Yep. Mm. All right. So one last question I'd like to know, what are you most excited about, about technology and how it's like moving forward or like what's on the horizon? Well, I am most excited about, I feel like now I'm in a space where I can, I can grow. So I'm really excited to see where, where my tentacles kind of start going. Um, I think the open source space is going to be a big one. And, and like we were talking about earlier, finding out how to get in there and start encouraging other artists to do the same. and maybe doing some more talks down the road, some conferences. Um, I've been hosting some drawing groups, but maybe doing some some more with women who code and like getting some art classes in there. Yeah. Or, um, or getting some artists in there to start pairing up with the developers, things like that. Well, if you would ever like to come up to Portland and have a class, you're more than welcome. <laughs> I would, oh my gosh, I've been waiting. I've been like trying to come to Portland. This has been fantastic, thank you so much. If you'd like to be on Women's Tech Radio, you can email us wtr at jupiterbroadcasting.com and don't forget that you can subscribe to us in iTunes. You can also catch us on Twitter at heywtr.com.